Welcome to Meet the Church. This is a podcast from Providence Church in Austin, featuring a new person each week from our congregation. We're excited to discuss the work, interests, and testimonies of our church members, to better get to know each other, and to talk about experiences with God. I'm Lucy Walker, and this week I get to talk with Hannah Boone about growing up in a large family and about her new program for kids called The Paravel Project, and how she has seen God's tenderness in the midst of it all. I am so excited to get to talk to you today. It's fun to have known you for, I don't know, years now, but um, I feel like I'll learn some stuff about you today that I might not have known. Um, so tell us about your family. I know that you grew up in a huge family. Um, so just tell us about that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm the youngest of six kids. I have four brothers and a sister. Um, and I loved growing up in a big family. I uh, There was always tons of action around the house. Um, I grew up in a house that was, had like an open door kind of policy, which was just really fun. Um, yeah, we grew up on some land, so we were always outside and super active. And yeah, no complaints <laughs> overall. I really loved a lot of it. So what did the open door policy look like? Yeah, so I, my mom um, did Young Life all growing up, and there was just always people at our house since I was little, so I grew up around a lot of, like, high schoolers, which was really neat, um, and they could just kind of come in. We didn't even have a house key, actually, oh. <laughs> so our house was always open, <laughs> and yeah, people would come. Even in high school, there'd be random high schoolers that would come play frisbee golf and then just come hang out until like nine o'clock. Oh, wow. And yeah. what's the age range again of like your oldest brother to you? Um, nine years. So pretty nine years. close. Yeah. Yeah. That's six kids in nine years. Wow. That's right. your parents <laughs> had their hands full. Totally. Um, wow. Are you closer to you know, certain siblings, like the ones in age closer to you, or do you feel like you have a good relationship with all of them? Um, definitely. So the dynamic is four brothers and then two girls at the bottom. Um, so I'm close, closest to my sister, Trisha, who's just two years above me. Um, I definitely, as an adult though, I've become closer and closer with the older ones. Uh, and I, which I think we'll talk about later, but I moved home for a year, a couple years ago. And so I got close to one of the brothers who I was working closely with then. Yeah. That's wow. That's so fun. I love that y'all have good relationships, but also, you know, probably learned really different things from each sibling because four yeah. boys and then the girl, the girls is, uh, a cool dynamic. Um, tell me about your Christmas traditions. I've heard y'all have a lot of those. Yes. 
Uh, so we did lots of things, but probably my favorite that we kept going all the way. I'm trying to think of when we stopped. Maybe all the way through when I was in high school is that we would all sleep in the same room together. Even my parents, which was really fun. We just made tons of pallets. Um, which actually, now that I'm saying this, I'm not convinced my parents slept in there every time. I was such a hard sleeper, oh. I probably wouldn't have known. <laughs> but definitely all the siblings. Um, and my dad would wake us up in the morning. We had a long hallway and he would make us wait for my mom to get coffee. And then we'd all walk down the hallway together. And that wow. just was really special. Yeah. Do y'all still do that? Like even to this day? We stopped doing it, sadly, which is hard okay. to let go. But yeah, now I I have 15 nieces and nephews, so it's a little impossible to sleep oh my gosh. all in one room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a 10. Yes. Oh, man. Wow. Okay, 15 nieces and nephews. That's amazing. And I... I'm sure when all y'all get together, it's a ton of fun. Um, what do you feel like that has looked like for you as an aunt of so many kiddos? It's been so fun. I think aunt is like the best job because I can be full on duty when I'm with them and play, but then mm. I can pass them back to their parents. When it's yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I have gotten super close to a lot of them. I'm lucky to have. Trisha just lives like 30 minutes away in San Marcos. So I see them about once a week. Um, but I love being with kids. So it's overall really fun. There's always tons of action going on. Oh, that's so fun. What's the, how many girls and how many boys are there? Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. okay. <laughs> I have to think about it. I didn't it's know pretty, the boys It's a pretty even split. So. No, okay. it's actually a pretty even split. <laughs> okay. That's so cool. And I also know that growing up, your parents would allow y'all to miss school to do fun things with them, which I love. Um, Can you tell us about a couple fun memories you have from getting to do that? Because I know you're hoping to get to do that one day as well with your kids. Yes, I love that. Our parents just never thought it was a big deal to take off some school. I um, even had a teacher who started to take off and would call them Hannah Boone days because (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember turning in lots of notes that said gone for personal business but I think some of the sweetest memories is actually in high school Um, I would get a few times at least I got a text from my dad that would say it's too pretty to be at school like let's go to the beach and so he would come take me out of school and we'd go to the beach Um, and that just was really fun. And then a couple different memories of them waking us up in the morning with packed bags and we were going on a surprise trip. Um, and they just totally were not, school is important and we tried hard, but they also knew that life experiences were important Hmm. and I really valued that. Yeah. I love that. I love that you, I feel like your parents just, which, you know, it sounds like you love kids and, you know we'll talk about this too in a little bit, you love play. And it it sounds like you really got to experience that growing up. Um, And your parents were showing you how to do that, um, which is really, really neat because I feel like a lot of parents want their kids in school every day. Yes, (laughs) totally. 
Wow. Well, tell me about too, like growing up as the youngest of yeah six kids, and you know probably observing a lot of things. And it sounds like y'all had people in and out of your house so much. What was it like to come into like your own, come into who is Hannah Boone and and what did that look like? Did that happen for you when you left home and, you know, were in college or in high school when all of a sudden you were the only kid at home? Yeah, I definitely would say that was a challenge for me. I, like you said, I definitely like to observe surroundings and I still am like that in a lot of ways. Um, but even to college, I kind of followed in the track of my siblings a little bit coming to UT and then doing Young Life like a lot of them had. Um, and I would say I started to grow into my own more in college and just leading Young Life and doing different activities. But honestly, I joined Providence like right after I graduated. and that was just like a huge transformational year for me. It was kind of the first time I had done something different than my siblings in a way, Mm -hmm. even though all of our lives look different. But I just remember joining a group and kind of having something that was totally separate from my family. Um, Challenged me in ways to get to know myself more as completely new people are getting to know me. And then even like getting um, asked to lead a GC. I remember right when I got asked, I was like, no, like I can't, (laughs) I don't think I can do that. (laughs) Like I'm such a, I'm naturally not in like the forefront, which that's not even what leading tends to look like. But um, so, yeah, I think that being a part of a big family and then I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So in general, like I'm just kind of, quieter and have to fight the like voice mattering and so I've I feel like I've learned that a lot over the past years wow um so yeah it sounds like stepping out on your own joining the church and then really being asked to lead showed you a lot of who you are um do you feel like God spoke to you any anything specific about, you know, who you are, or who he made you to be during that first year joining Providence or when you were leading a GC? I think something um, I've been really noticing about God's character is just kind of his like individual look at me as a person and his love for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think growing up with just like a ton around, I could see that for all of us as a whole, but that kind of personal experience and like, I want to guide you. I care for you has been Hmm. something that has spoken to me over the past five or six years. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he, you finally were kind of by yourself and you really saw him show up specifically just to care for you and guide you. It's really cool. Well, tell it, tell us too about your the brother, you went back to, you know, help care for his family and your sister-in-law. Um, tell us a little bit about what happened to your sister-in-law and just what that time looked like for you. Cause it also sounds like God really brought you there and then brought you back to Austin. 
Yeah, so my sister-in-law was diagnosed with ALS about five years ago now. Um, I think it'll be five years in January. Okay, and can you explain and, ALS just in case people don't yes, know what that is? totally. So Lou Gehrig's disease is the other word for it, but it attacks your motor neurons. So you're cognitively completely there, but your body just starts to deteriorate and it looks a lot different in the way it progresses in people, but um, she kind of first noticed from starting to like fall randomly and hmm. not being able to explain it um, and losing some like finger dexterity. And so, yeah, so she, the process has been slow in a lot of ways, but fast. But a couple years after she had been diagnosed, she was just able to take less and less care for kids. Um, Because at that point, they have three kids, and the youngest one is now five. So she had just been born after she was diagnosed. Um, And so they were kind of making it work with both of their parents, or my parents and her parents are both in Friendswood. So they were just making it work as far as with help. And um, But I would go back in the summer, and because I've been a teacher, and just was able to help a lot. And I kind of had a feeling a year before I decided to move there, I was like, if the time comes, I think the Lord like could call me to move there. Um, Mm. And just my stage of life, I was pretty flexible as far as not being married or kids. And so I just felt like, okay, if you're going to call me to this, which was sweet, I think the Lord like slowly prepped me for that. And then, I guess three years ago, it was just coming up on the end of my teaching semester, and I kept feeling the Lord calling me back to move to Friendswood. And so I brought it up to my brother, and they were just super grateful and told me to think about it and really pray about it. And I kept praying, and I just felt this really intense peace about moving there, Mm -hmm. which... I never really wanted to move back to Friendswood, where I'm from. So I knew that it had to be from the Lord in a lot of ways. So, yeah, so I moved there and my full time role was um, helping take care of her and her kids and just the day to day stuff that she wasn't able to do. You're incredible, Hannah. Um, I know that. When I'm thankful God really gave you peace and you heard his voice to move you back there. But two, I know that you were really the hands and feet of Christ to your brother and sister-in-law and their kids for that season. And I'm sure it was so heartbreaking to watch to this person you love just slowly in ways be someone, you know, they weren't anymore. But will you like describe how, you know, in the midst of great suffering, you also can see a lot of joy. Um, I feel like you mentioned that you got to see both hand in hand together. Yeah, totally. I honestly, just through the lens of both my brother and sister-in-law, she, her name is Lucia and she is just like such a fighter personality. And even now when she like can't speak or move, just she continues to like press into her days and 
do as much as she can for her kids. And she also has like one of the biggest smiles. And so I just think through that time I watched her. Obviously there was days of just like weeping and Mm. sorrow, but um, she kind of just was like, I don't really have another option, but to keep like living the best I can because Mm. my time is short. And so just her perspective on heaven too, like Mm. I'm going to live all my time here to the fullest that I can which looks so differently than for any of us. Um, So I think her joy and even the way, like my brother just continues to like make fun of her in like a lighthearted way. And to watch that keep going was really sweet. Mm. Um, Wow. And then the sacrifice of my brother really just continues to show Christ. He, his days are always, full with working and he would come home and just be ready to help her in any way that he could um which takes a toll on him but the lord's sustaining is really Mm -hmm. evident and how are the kids the kids are good they now it's been so long that they just don't know any different it's kind of their life um And they, my parents are with them a lot. They spend a lot of time with them. And then having lots of cousins in town is Mm -hmm. super fun. So their days are pretty much full with other kids, like doing things other kids are doing. And um, they're really sweet with Lucia. I, I mean, I always wonder if there's something more going on in their heads. There has to be, but overall they are just a light in that house. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I know that's just super challenging um, and something you're all probably processing daily. So thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And so you came back to Austin a couple years ago and you've been working at a preschool, but more recently you've started um, your own program for kids called the Paravel. Paravel, is that correct? Yes, Paravel. Okay. The Paravel Project. Tell us how this came to be, you know, how you dreamed this up and just really the process of getting it off the ground and running this fall. Yeah, totally. Um, so I've taught preschool for, I think it's been six years now. Um, and I feel like so many things have led to this. I actually student taught in college and I hated it. (laughs) And I was like, I am never going to teach because I was in a kindergarten classroom and just these kids weren't getting to play and it made me really sad. And so I ended up going the preschool route route, and I really loved it. And just watch, I don't know, the play of kids is um, something I care a lot about. And so Last year, I ended up switching schools to, it was a school with a philosophy called Reggio Emilia, which no one knows about. But basically, (laughs) I was seeking it out and found this school. And kind of the idea is like a more natural environment where you're kind of opening up the room to the kids to explore more freely than other preschools. And so... Meanwhile, I've I've always been like, I know I could do some kind of program with kids. 
just with all the moms always looking for things. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so I I am not a huge dreamer myself, but my sister Trisha is always kind of putting that passion in me. And so I think I can get I can think up of ideas and then I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not gonna go for that. I'm not gonna go for it. And so um early this spring I actually was like, I think I'm gonna I want to renovate a school bus into like an art mobile. <laughs> I kind of do art classes for kids. Um mm-hmm. but I ended up I don't know, that didn't quite feel right. And so I Basically, this summer, I went to Peace Park, which is where I'm going to hold the classes. And it is just awesome. And I was like, I have to do something here. Because I'm really passionate about, like, outdoor play, too. And so I was like, this space just seems perfect. And so, yeah, I, about a month and a half, two months ago, maybe, I was sitting with my sister at a table and we just started dreaming up names and the Paravel project is Paravel comes from Narnia, which is Care Paravel is the castle where they become kings and queens at. And I love Narnia, so I thought it'd be fun to include in the name. Um and so I actually start this week with classes, but I'm doing art and science classes for kids, which science is something I've always loved to do with kids because they're just super engaged with it and doing it all in an outdoor setting. So I'm really excited about it. I love the name and that it came from Narnia. Are you going to explain that to the kids and maybe introduce them to Narnia in the classes? I definitely plan on explaining it. I don't know if we'll have time to like read them at all, Uh but That's actually a good question. I haven't thought much about that. I've thought about explaining it to parents, but should probably do that to kids. (laughs) No, I think that's so wonderful. And so what does a typical day look like? Yeah, so so they'll come for two hours at a time. And we will kind of have just open play time. And then the art that I'm going to do is called process art, which... I've just watched a lot of preschool art that's very um, cookie cutter and doesn't really allow for the kids' creativity. So mm-hmm. my goal with that is to never show them like a product product that I'm going for, but just have materials and some kind of idea in my head, but also let them just go for it. Um, because I just have noticed kids leave a lot more excited and proud if they've really created it. Not if they've glued on cutout pieces. And so that we'll we'll do art and then we'll, I got an awesome picnic blanket. So we'll do a picnic snack and story time. And then Peace Park has lots of trails. So we're going to do some trail exploration and um, science with that. So we'll kind of look at different plants around the park and then sometimes do more like you know, the classic volcano experiment and things like that. Wow. This is going to be awesome. And you said you start this week. Yes, I do. Are you feeling, how are you feeling about that? I am so excited. I've been doing the business side of things, which was a little bit more than I expected. (laughs) 
but good. I kind of had to, I had to launch it without knowing what I was doing to get some momentum for my own sake. Yeah. Um, Because once I put the word out there, I had to do all of those things. And so that was more of the learning, which I'm still learning all about that. But I feel ready to do what I love to do. Be with the kids. So. Well, I know you're super gifted with kids and I'm sure it's going to be a huge hit and I look forward to hearing, you know, how it goes at the end of the semester and how many kids are signed up? Like how many kids will you have each in each class? So the max I'm doing is six. I wanted to keep it pretty small. This first one, I have five signed up. Okay. Which is great. Yeah. That's so fun. Okay, something else that I would love to know about is you said you usually can think of ideas, but you don't always go for it yourself. And I have heard you can do that a lot with trips. Like you have an idea of wanting to go somewhere and do it, but you just kind of toss it out there and then somehow it usually happens, but you might not always be the one, <laughs> yeah. you know, planning it or whatever, but you get to end up doing these fun trips. So tell me about you know, a trip you've taken in the past couple of years that you just loved and what y'all did and who you were with? Mm, like I've gotten to take a lot of trips. I think probably my most, well, <laughs> I have done two camping trips with actually my D group, um, which is Allie and Bridget, but we most recently did a trip to the Grand Canyon, which was really just so amazing. And both times we've done Big Bend in the Grand Canyon and Driven, which the road trips are fun, um, <laughs> long, but fun. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I think camping's really fun. It's hard to get people on board with it sometimes. And so that group is just super special and we're planning on making that more of a tradition. but. That's probably one of the most fun recent trips. Um, Have you been to the Grand Canyon before? No, that was my first time. Yeah. And actually, think of it? Oh, it was so amazing. We had like the funniest experience when we got there. We could not find it. And we were like searching. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We were in a parking lot and we were like asking people and they're trying to point us, which once you see it, you're like, how? Could I not find this? <laughs> oh my gosh. But it took us quite some time. And then when you stumble upon it, it just, it really is breathtaking. It was really amazing. I So how long, oh wait, how long did it take y'all to find it? <laughs> I mean, it was like 30 minutes. So not <laughs> too long, but a little too long. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> Dang. Yes. <sighs> I love that. You're like, wait, where's the Grand Canyon? Right. Man. (laughs) Do y'all have somewhere y'all are hoping to go next? Yeah. So we, um, Zion is our next on the list. Wow. That's so fun. You're going to, you're going to make other D groups jealous. Um, Maybe maybe (laughs) put a little travel bug. Yes. The way to go. Wow. Well, that'll be, that'll be really cool. And yeah, there's nothing like beauty and community and God's word all in one place. So mm-hmm. I love that y'all are really living in life together in, in multiple ways. And I have to ask you, Hina, I also have heard you have been bitten by a shark. So please <laughs> tell us what that was like and 
if you're okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Totally fine. Unfortunately, I don't have any scars, but it really happened. Um, I was, I love the beach and our family grew up going a lot, but I think it was two summers ago. It was Father's Day and me and my dad just went to the beach and I love to play in the waves. And so we were body surfing in the waves and I had, I dove under a wave and came up like panicking because I had been hit really hard by something. And I asked my dad, I was like, did you see anything? Did you see anything? And he said no. And he was like, let's just move down the water a little bit. So I stayed in the water. My dad was convinced it was some kind of redfish that bumped into me. And then my arm was bleeding a little bit, which I felt justified because yeah. I was like, <laughs> something hit me. Um, so we swam for about 30 more minutes and then went onto the shore and I kept looking at it and I was like, this looks like a bite. Like this, there's a pool ring here. And so my dad still was like, oh, it's probably a big redfish. And so in the car ride, we're Googling it and I'm like, there's nothing about redfish. <laughs> and then I started looking up like minor shark bite pictures and it really replicated it. And so, yeah, I got bit by a shark. I then, I found this like shark expert who lives in Florida okay. <laughs> and I sent him an email. He was like on uh, shark week and I was like, Hey, this is a long shot, but I think I got bit by a shark and he asked me to send him pictures and he was like, yeah, you got bit by a baby black tip. And he was like, you're really lucky there. (laughs) He's like, their teeth are super sharp, but the waters must have been rough enough to where he couldn't get you. Oh my gosh, Hannah. That's crazy. That's my my shark story. (laughs) Did it hurt? No, not really. I mean, it was like surprising, but it did not hurt very much. And I come from a family of doctors, so... You would think they'd be more empathetic, but they're the opposite. They're like, oh, you're fine. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, really, it's just a cool story. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm thankful you're okay. And I love that you found a Shark Week expert to confirm your your shark bite. That's pretty pretty nuts. And you also love to swim. So, where do you go in Austin? What are your favorite swimming places? Um, Yeah. I honestly, the classic like Deep Eddie and Barton, I love jumping in cold water. So those are my main go-tos. I like Bull Creek a lot, but in the spring and summer, there's lots of snakes. So I kind of stay away from there a little more. Oh, good to know. I did, I did not yeah. know that. Okay. And then tell me about your dog. Give us some insight oh, yeah. into your, your pup. Yeah, I was... One of the many culprits of the COVID puppies, I feel like. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm a, he's the German Shepherd Poodle Mix. His name is Albus from Harry Potter. And I love him. He's really big. I It's been fun to have a reason to go on lots of trails around Austin and um, just be outside a lot, which I love. Oh, I love you. a COVID puppy. There <laughs> yes, are lots of those, totally. but they've yeah I'm thankful so many people now have sweet dogs in their I know (laughs) their world so what do you feel like this you know during COVID the last two years 
God has been teaching you, um, especially as you worked with, you know, children, I'm sure you kind of saw the fear of parents and, you know, maybe even just with kids, like having to wear a mask, not wearing a mask, trying to see your face, you know, all that stuff. What do you feel like you've seen and learned and has God taught you anything Mm -hmm. in the midst of this crazy kind of past couple of years? Yeah. I think really just like God's faithfulness and steadiness. I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty and, you know, my job stopped for a little bit with, you can't do preschool Zoom Mm -hmm. really. And so (laughs) um, just seeing, yeah, trusting that the Lord is faithful. And I feel like this season things slowed down a lot in ways and kind of trusting. I think, something the Lord has really been teaching me is or just showing me his like super tender nature and character um and I have just felt really aware of that like he is aware of everything going on and moving at our pace in ways when we need him to move at our pace and um I would say that's what he's been showing me yeah Yeah. I love that he is, yeah, tender and gentle, but at the same time, you know, full of strength and power. It's such a beautiful picture. And I'm thankful that too, even with your, you know, new program you developed, you'll be able to be outside and provide a safe place for kids in the midst of this pandemic. And I'm sure that also helps parents have, you know, just peace and and help them get through their days without worried about their, you know, them worrying about their kids getting COVID with what they're doing with you, which is awesome. Okay. What also, if it rains, what do you do for your, (laughs) this is is really the big question. I, I, um, bought a fly for camping that I have to hang in the trees. I'm really trying to advertise that we are going to play in the rain. Yes. But I know that once it gets like freezing cold and I'm going to run into some issues. So that's something I'm still working out. But if it out. is, if it's thunderstorming, I told parents I would refund them. But I do want to also play in the rain because kids love it. It's more adults that do not. So yes, <laughs> that's my plan. <laughs> that's a great plan. Yes. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today and just sharing about your family and the ways, um, you know, God has met you just in helping you live out a dream you've had for kids and playing, um, but also just your love for adventuring. And thank you for being with us. And um, I look forward to hearing how this semester goes for you. Yeah, thanks for having me. episode, we'll be hearing from Ryan Antulo as he interviews Brandon Reyes. Thank you for listening.